Patrick. We're back for, for a full podcast this week. Tons going on in pop culture, tons going on in politics. I, you know, this must be exciting for you. Governor Hogan opening up restaurants. I, I mean, I, your fight with Montgomery County is ending. No, well, we don't know what, what Montgomery County is going to still do. They're pushing back. Uh, you know, the order, Hogan's order, uh, obviously reduces uh, capacities for dining. You still have to self-distance. You can't belly up to a bar. Uh, businesses, retail, venues outside 50%. So he's, you know, he, he's seen enough in terms of the percent of population above 65 that has gotten vaccinated and where the numbers are. And, I, and you know, you know where I stand. I think he's making a prudent decision. I think he's been very good the entire time. And I've been extremely critical of Montgomery County, the county I live in, uh, County Executive Mark Elric, uh, and, the, and the county council. I mean, you have council members like Evan Glass, who are, you know, basically saying, you know, you know, create a mass vaccination site. And then we could talk about opening up, like in essence, holding the businesses and, and the residents of his county the taxpayers of this county hostage. But don't you think, okay, because he's opening up religious establishments, theaters back to 50% capacity. Don't you think this is going to give empower small businesses to fight now so much in Montgomery County? I think it's going to be very difficult for Montgomery County, the largest county in the state. Yeah. To continue to push back. Now, will they go as far as, you know, Governor Hogan has, has gone with, with opening up? I don't know. I, you know, my sense is it'll be a negotiation, but there's there's just no way he can stay at twenty five percent. I think if I was a restaurant right now, I'd be like, "Come on in, come on in." Well, self distance. I'm going to fifty seventy five percent. Let the county try to sue me. Uh, the county's the county's going to have a very difficult time justifying. And you know, this isn't a Republican or Democratic thing. I mean, you know, Governor Hogan's a very moderate Republican. Yeah. Definitely. But you, but you have states like, obviously, Virginia, right across, Democratic governor, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, all, you know, once they got to 50% of their 65 plus population vaccinated, they said, and, and by the way, they're not saying, okay, we're back to 100%, let's belly up to bars and have a thousand people in a closed, you know, right. restaurant. Uh, no, you still have to be able to self-distance. You know, Connecticut used the terms we're opening fully, but you still have to maintain self-distancing. You still have to wear masks when you're near somebody. Uh, so it's it's prudent, but it's long overdue. And the fact that this county and obviously Prince George's County as well have been so obstructive in terms of their approach to this, you really, and I don't know, I've said this months ago, but even more so now, you, you there, there has to be ulterior motives here. There just has to be. It can't yeah. be because the numbers don't support it anymore. Where things are headed, don't support it. There's not fencing. You know, it's not like a 40 foot fence around the county. People are leaving the county. They're going to Virginia. They're going to Frederick. They're going to Waldorf. They're going to other places. They're going to other states. They're beginning to travel. People are going back to school. Like, an, like it, it's just, it, it's actually infuriating at this point right now. It, it's gone from like, set, you, know, you know, I don't even think it was sensible, but let's call it sensible judgment 
or cautious judgment to now just arbitrary and, you know, to just really selfish, selfish leadership in terms of what impact it, it, it'll have on the businesses and so forth. And again, you know, everyone wants to point to, oh, Texas and Florida and open up. No, like, you look at the Northeast, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, New, um, even Pennsylvania is more open than this county. So I think they're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Uh, I, I think that um, now should Montgomery County have a mass vaccination say, Yeah, probably. Yeah, 100%. But a lot of their county residents are going to, you know, whether it's Six Flags, which ha- has a mass vaccination site, or MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Um, it's not like our county residents can't go to other places because they're, they're state facilities. So, um, uh, but, but at the same time, you know what? You have to start moving in that direction. So it, it'll be really interesting to see where this goes. Um, I read the order or part of the order, and it it actually has a sentence or a paragraph that says all local orders are now null and void. Okay. But at the same time, I didn't get the sense from Larry Hogan's press conference. I think he kind of intimated that he'll still give local jurisdictions some discretion. But again, I'm not sure what that means. I don't see any way Larry Hogan allows a Montgomery County or a PG County to remain at 25% and, you know, where they are with retail businesses and, and so forth. I just, I, I think it's going to be a fight if if the county wants to push back. I, I really do. No, I'm with you 100%. You know, um, you saw, I'm sure, I think, I, I don't know if it was Montgomery County or Baltimore, that, you know, oh, we're blindsided by this announcement yesterday and, um it's like enough because you're even enough. having the CDC. Well, that's what, that's what County Executive Mark Elrich and the, and the county council says all the time. Oh, we're surprised. Hogan didn't. Inc- you know what? He's this. He's the governor. OK, the, this, the, the citizens of this state elected him overwhelmingly twice. OK, your little Montgomery County Council here. You know who gets elected by three people, right? I know because I mean, people don't vote in those. Yeah, lots of times. Don't vote, or it's who you know, and you know it, it's all inside Democratic liberal politics in this county. And enough, enough. I mean, who's Evan Glass? No offense, but who? Like he, he's out there tweeting about how you know we'll we'll talk about opening up once we get a mass vaccination site. You have taxpayers, you have businesses who continue every day to go under, who who are one day yeah. or two days or three days away from desperation. They've done everything that you've asked to try to survive, and you're still hanging on to this arbitrary. And by the way, it's not even based in science. I know. It's fascinating. I did see the mayor of Baltimore saying, well, we're still going to follow the science. We're still going to. And I almost oh, wrote back like that statement. That, that's the biggest farce, you know, line that, that, that gets thrown out there all the time, you know, provide the metrics up front, provide what you're specifically looking at from a scientific, even Dr. Fauci said, yeah, I think that it was this morning or yesterday on CNN that the CDC's latest, um, 
guidelines on what people can do that are vaccinated, a full two doses. I was going to say that. He, he, he admitted it's not based, it's judgment. It, they had to make a judgment. So, so let, me, let me understand this. You have a group of people who have been fully vaccinated, both doses, okay? And they're post the 14-day window yep. after the second dose. The CDC is saying you can gather in a small group without masks. Why a small group? If everyone's vaccinated and everyone's been past the 14-day, you know, second dose period timeline, it, it should it could be 100,000 people. It could be 50,000 people. Don't you think they have to be a little cautious? Because obviously there is going to be a small percentage of Wow. Well, because you know there's going to be a tiny person. It's like the flu, right? You get the flu shot. You can still get the but flu. The vaccination is 85 to 90% effective of keeping people from getting very sick and or hospitalized and certainly passing away. Okay? So so at that point, then, it's an endemic if you've been if you've been vaccinated fully. I, again, I'm not talking about mixing people who have been vaccinated and not vaccinated. I'm talking about if you've been fully vaccinated, second dose, Post the 14 days, if there was 5,000 people who all fit that criteria, they all should be able to hang out together. So, so what are we going to keep these protocols in place for, for when? So, so my, Sarah, my point is, okay. if, if people who fit that criteria can't all in a, t- in a large group hang out, to me, that sends a message to some people. Well, why get vaccinated then, number one, which is dangerous because people should get vaccinated. Two, what's the thought process behind that? I'm trying to understand. Well, do, do you think it's just like basically they can't guarantee it so they can't say? Oh, basically they're saying they can't guarantee it forever in perpetuity. So therefore, we're always going to be relegated to small gatherings regardless of whether who's been vaccinated. We're going to be relegated to what? See, see, that's where they're, they're they're off. The CDC has been all over the place on this from the beginning, up and down, all of it. And I guess I, I understand it's an evolving thing. You know, when, you know, my limited medical school um, <laughs> degree. Okay. Degree. Yeah. No, I, I just you got. I think I think their messaging is off. I think they're trying to be cautious, just to be cautious, which is also dangerous. Okay, so what do you think the messaging should be? To, to me, the messaging should be, you know, well, I think I think it should be very clear. If you're vaccinated, two doses or the one Johnson Johnson, and you're post the 14 days, you can hang out with other people who are vaccinated, and it does it doesn't and fit that same criteria. It doesn't matter the 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 the, the size or the scope. Now, at this point, are you going to find you know a thousand people who fit all that criteria? No. I think if you're vaccinated and you're out in general public or in a, in a, in a, in a restaurant or mingling with people who have not been vaccinated, you should still wear a mask. You know, just because you've been vaccinated doesn't mean you can't pass it to someone. It just means that you have now been pretty much guaranteed up to an 85, 90% level that you're not going to get really sick and or die. But states like Texas, Mississippi, now we're, you know, we're getting to Connecticut where they're going to reopen venues I don't agree with what Texas is doing, you know, because now they haven't hit a high enough. I said this last week, Mississippi, Texas, they haven't hit a high enough percentage of vaccinated individuals to fully unencumbered opening. And I agree with that. By no means am I saying 
Don't be smart about it. Don't use common sense. This, I, I'm not suggesting, and nor was Governor Hogan, nor has the Governor Lamont of Texas, nor has, you know, obviously he's he's he's, you know, fighting for his, his governorship in 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 New York, but neither has Cuomo or you know the Massachusetts governor the, or you know the, the Virginia governor. I think they've all approached this with a balance, right? When, when hospitalizations were high and people were dying, no vaccinations, you had to be prudent. But I think now you just have to be smart. And I think you, because the economic devastation to go through another spring and summer where yeah. businesses can't survive, you know, these states will not recover. They just won't. Yeah. It's a ripple effect. It's not just the restaurant. It's it's the theater. It's it's the nail salon. It's the barber shop. It's walking down the street on a on a Saturday, you know, popping in and out of stores and buying stuff, and then going and grab a bite to eat. And it's hey, let's go see that movie, but let's get dinner before. It's it, it's all of that. Oh and, my god, and, live entertainment, all the people that you know, concerts. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and it's like I said last week, you know, the Washington Nationals, by the way, I was very, um, for, for a variety of reasons throughout the last year, um, I, I've, I've given Mayor Bowser in D.C., you know, um, kudos for how she's handled numerous things. She now has fallen completely behind and is struggling with her current uh, vaccination rollout. DC just opened up a pre-registration site today, which is embarrassing. Crazy. They, they've had tons of issues with their with their other site. The way they're sending you a text, and you have like literally two minutes on a site that's not working to register. Um, you know, they, they, the Washington Nationals can't have fans even though you could self distance easily and wear a mask. And I, it's, it's just, what are we, and what are we thinking now? Schools still aren't back. I, oh, I, mean, I know my, enough now. She's totally, fa- there are some people that are totally failing and people, uh, people I think are beginning to be more outraged, but you know, it was outrageous, well, but then. Sorry to interrupt real quick. No, I go ahead. I think they're paralyzed as leaders. I think they are. Yeah. I think they, they, they forgot that they serve all people, all constituents, and that including business and taxpayers and a lot of other people. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I actually agree with you. I think they cave more to social media and probably even people that aren't even residents of the district who comment than they do their own residents, for sure. Uh, I mean, I look at some of the comments on the Fox 5 site. You know, should they, should they, you know, do you, do you agree with Governor Hogan and should we open up, should Montgomery County open up more, Prince George's County open up more? And, you know, you get people like, no, we should go all the way through the summer and then look where we're at. Oh, yeah. So clearly you don't own a business. You have no skin in the game at all in terms of, you know, someone's livelihood or, or, or other, like, let's go through the summer. Yeah. Yes. And what's your zip code? Yeah, I guarantee they're probably at their beach in Rehoboth, you know, their beach house in Rehoboth, (laughs) like chilling or, you know. It's true. At their second home. Or their government job sitting at home for the last year, getting paid and benefits and all this other stuff. 
it's easy for people to say when, when you know, they're, they're not in it and they're not fighting for their lives No, I thought on, it was- multi- on multiple fronts, both from a health perspective and certainly from an economic and business perspective. I thought we did a story on Fox 5 about a guy in Maryland who basically developed his own website to be able yeah. to um, help elderly people register for the vaccine. And in a way, I thought, how infuriating that this citizen yeah. who's making no money, who's, you know, obviously knows tech very well, was able to come up with a logical system and your own government's couldn't even do that. DC's own website. He helps DMV residents get registered for shots. Yeah, and it was I, like I think the head of the the, the health um, and I can't remember her name right now in DC and certainly whoever's overseeing their 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 decisions on their on their site and lack of pre-registration site should be absolutely re- relieved of their duties. It, but you're right. I mean, it took young, I believe it's two kids. Yeah. We did a story from different high schools. I think I believe one's Clarksburg and maybe one's Whitman, if I'm not mistaken. And they got together via, you know, obviously via Zoom or whatever. And yeah, and, and you know, you shouldn't need, you know, a PhD to navigate the system to get a vaccination. No, you just it's insane. So um, anyway, well, talking about that, let's talk because this kind of leads into the stimulus package that's getting very close to being passed with Biden, $1,400 checks um, for for individuals, um, $300 if you have a child and you're making, I think, less than 70000 The interesting part, though, of this stimulus negotiation, you had eight Democrats last week vote no to $15 minimum wage, including my independent rep. Originally, I'm a Mainer. Uh, Angus King from Maine, who got a lot of heat for that vote. What do you think about that? Um, them shooting and getting rid of essentially $15 minimum wage and this new stimulus package that they're getting very close to um, finalizing. Well, listen, I, you know, two things. One, I'm I, I'm not a believer of the $15 minimum wage. I think it certainly should be increased on the federal level. Twelve. I think it should be grad, you know, gradually phased in. I also think I've mentioned on on our podcast here that I believe it should be geographic, based on geographic uh, economic areas. So, you know, a $15 minimum wage in Washington, D.C. might be acceptable and warranted, where in, you know, Corpus Christi, Texas, no offense, may, you know, maybe it's $11, right? Or, or I think it should be a cost of living adjustment for those businesses. I don't think a business in, you know, uh, you know, Iowa should should have to pay fifteen dollars. They should right. have to pay whatever the going cost of living equivalent would be in that state or city or or jurisdiction, whatever. Similar to the federal tax code, I believe it should be based on cost of living. Right? You know, making two hundred thousand dollars in New York City is not the same as making two hundred thousand dollars somewhere else. Sure. And yet they're paying, you know, on a percentage basis the same tax. Yet. Their, their net income doesn't go nearly as far as it does for some others. So, you know, I think our federal tax code, in, in addition to, the, to a potential federal minimum wage, I think they should just get more creative and it may pass. Um, in terms of the stimulus, listen, I think a lot of it, some of it's great. I think some of it is, you know, pork and going back to, you know, states and, and people's districts that maybe didn't manage COVID as well as they should have. It's a bailout, I think, for some schools and some other things. But having said that, elections have consequences, right? Biden won. The Republicans don't have the House. 
and they they're tied and in essence don't have the Senate. So you know what? We got to live with it. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you but, know, but that makes it sound like you're not really for this this latest round of stimulus. Oh, I'm for it. I, you know, I think some of it's, you know, I think it's a little little too large, a little too late overall. OK, so you I, think we're coming think, out of it when these. I, I, I think the fourteen hundred's good. I think the three hundred's good. Uh, you know, some of the other things, I think it's a lot of wasteful spending. You know, I've read I've read different articles where only twenty percent of the one point nine trillion is actually COVID and recovery related. The other is, you know, a lot of stuff that they're disguising as economic relief and COVID relief, but really it's you know, democratic progressive wish list. But again, the Republicans would have done the same thing, or yeah. or not done the same thing. How depending on how you look at it, so. Elections have consequences. I've always said that. And you know what? It, it is what it is. Uh, I will say this, not to just change gears, but yeah, President Biden, the, what's going on at the border right now is, is, is a travesty. The amount of migrants coming in, getting in illegally, and, and or get, being let in and then released, uh, he needs an immigration border control policy, executive order, whatever you want to call it, because he seems, you know, they made fun of Trump's all his executive orders for four years. And it seems that all Biden does right now is write an executive order. But they have to get the border under control. OK, what's changed since um, President Trump switched? Uh, now, I just think that it's it's a you know, it's, it's viewed now that it's you're going to be let in. It's OK to come. Which, which, okay, if that's your policy, fine, but you have to have a process and, a, and people have to follow the process. And, you know, I mean, even Democratic, Sen- uh, Democratic state senators and Democratic congressmen in Texas, Arizona are being critical of their own administration and Biden, where there's no, there's no guidance, there's no policy, there's no, there's no, here's what we're going to do. And then, you know, you, you throw the COVID factor in where they're being let in. They're, I don't believe they're being tested. I'm not 100% sure on that. It's just, you know, if you start reading on what's going on on the borders right now, it's it's it needs to get under control quickly. Okay, that's a whole nother fascinating. All right, we're going to have to do a, a deeper dive on that because I, yeah, I, I want to know, like, I guess they've just lifted all restrictions, like you said, which. Yeah, again, I don't know that. I don't know the specifics. But, okay. Uh, I mean. You know, I mean, even, you know, you know, when you see Democratic Congress men, women, you know, state senator state senators in, in, in Texas and Arizona and border states being critical of the administration, you gotta kinda pay attention. You know, yeah. I mean like if it's a Republican Congress and say, Oh, we're letting people in for COVID and you know, that person hasn't worn a mask in thirteen months. You know, I don't take it as serious. Sure. But when, when when his own party and people who supported him are like, we got to get this under control. I mean, it is, you know, you know, the El Pasos and, and, and other border, border cities are being, you know, you know, pushed to the brink on, on what's going on on the right. border. Yeah. yeah just, just take a look at it. Um, I wanted to ask you, switching completely. Oh, all right. Yes. To, um, the biggest pop culture story maybe of the year oh huge it's huge the Meghan markle uh oprah 
Prince Harry interview. What'd you think? How did did you? Your wife must have watched this. Kristen must have watched. Uh, I believe she did. I did not watch. I cannot believe it. What do you have no interest? How did you, how did you not watch? I, I literally, literally. When I say <laughs> when I say less than zero interest, I have less than zero interest. Okay, I had. I, I was never into the Royals. I don't. I've never watched The Crown. Me neither. I think, I think the entire thing's a farce. I give them credit for getting out of there. Um, and again, I'm not picking sides, but it is extremely believable. And again, I read a lot on it since it aired. It is very believable that they acted and would have acted exactly how they did to her, to, to, totally. to, to Archie, and obviously to Harry and to Harry's mom, Diana. So... Totally. I don't I don't think these revelations are I don't you know, I haven't seen somebody interview like I'm shocked at this. No, but I, it's, the first, it's the first time someone's really calling them out for what they are. And by the way, why do we even still have the monarchy? Like what? What's even the point? OK, well, in the interview and to me, this was the best part and the most shocking part is Harry admitted, essentially, they're like a Disney gift shop. They're like Disney yeah. World. You know, Disney needs its Disney fans, its Disney fan club to keep going for people to keep coming back. And Harry admitted they are in bed with the press. Harry and Meghan said every year they have a huge party where they host the Sun, the Daily Mail, everybody comes. And without the press and without the press leaking stories or them feeding them, they are nothing. So they they openly admitted like it is a, it's just a mutual agreement. And so I thought that was like the first time that anyone had really called it what it was, which is basically they're there. They're there for interest, tourism. They're the Kardashians, um, but with crowns, you know, really. And they don't show their ass. You know, they show like less like, you know, ass. But mine is that. So I thought it was so good. I thought they were, I mean, first of all, Oprah is the queen. I mean, the yeah, queen of true. interviews. You know, the clips I've seen, you know, she she proves why she's greatest time, of all proves why she's Oprah, right? Yes. And um, I just thought it was so good. You know, I, I didn't, the only thing I thought was total BS I did not buy is at the start, you know, Megan says, oh, you know, I didn't know anything about them. Yeah, and stop. She's, like, I mean, she, she was a Hollywood actor on Suits, by the way, which I loved Suits. It was a great show. Um, no, I mean. The, the, that part was she, bullshit. She didn't Google him. Come on, stop. I know. That part was such BS. Um, But I think you're right. It's the first time. And I do think the only way they were going to live, unlike Diana, is to move here, you know, to get away. So I I think for that, like, good for them for actually taking action. But um, here's the question, though. What, you know, it's interesting. So, so, you know, Harry said in the interview, I saw this clip that basically the dad, Charles, and the brother, they can't get away. Right. because, Because they're, you know, in direct line to the throne, yeah. I guess, or the kingship or whatever you want to call it. So I, you know, it's interesting that, you know, I'm wondering if he was the second son or the first son, I should say, if it would have been different for him. Oh, I think definitely. Don't you think? I mean, when Kate Middleton to me is bred to be a queen, like she spent her whole life in private school, all English. She's like boring as can be. And that is like the perfect queen of what they want wasn't she something even before they got married like a duchess or or no she became a duchess now right but she was something 
Well, they, like, I think her well, parents already had, you know, they were like British yeah. society or something, right? So they, they knew it. How did you feel about Piers Morgan walking out and quitting his show? <laughs> He's going to have a podcast, by the way. He'll be back. He'll be back, right? Oh, totally. oh, oh my God. He's launching his Glenn Beck network as we speak. I mean, that guy is not going away. So he walked off because he was very critical of Markle, correct? Yes. And, um, you know, there, of course, the background, too, is he actually went on a date with Meghan Markle. And then that night after she left having a drink with him, she went to a party and met Prince Harry and then never spoke to Piers again. So oh, I, I didn't know that. Yes. So he's very bitter. He's he's you told that story. Piers Morgan? I mean. I know. What a horrible. I mean, can you imagine what a horrible first start to your date? You go out with Piers and then you end up with Prince Harry. I know. Google how that video. Is, how old is Pierce Morgan? What do you, he's got to be sick, close to sixty, right? And how old's Megan? Thirty-five. She's she's actually older than I am, so she has to be almost forty, hmm. if not forty. So I guess there'd be a twenty-year age difference, right? But can you imagine Pierce Morgan? I don't know that. Yes, Google that video. Watch that video. He talks about it in interviews now about how like he basically takes credit for their relationship because after she left having a drink with him. She went to this party, met him, and then Harry, and then the rest was history. But- I will say, though, she is making a lot of money now. Totally. As a couple, because of who he is and the royals, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, Marco, okay, she was a decent actress, but she she wasn't, you know, she wasn't really famous. I mean, she was, she was a bit actress. Like Nobody, she was a, did you know who she was prior to? Pre- I, I did because I watched Suits, oh, and did. she was on that, but I mean, yeah, she was good on the show, but like. I'd never heard of her before in my life till then. She, you know, she wasn't. I mean, yeah, she was a decent, you know, she was, she was a, she would have got some roles, I think, you know, in different shows and Law and Order and stuff yeah, like that. Right. Yeah, some cable channel stuff. But I mean, they're making a fortune now because of their tie to the royal family. So they're making money off of it indirectly for sure. Oh, completely. Oh, my God. 100%. Now they've got all these deals in Hollywood with Spotify, yeah, Oprah. Had those, they weren't the, the no. ex-royal couple. They did make it sound like they needed money, though, so I'm going to pitch them some shows. Seemed like yeah, they were desperate. I'm sure, I'm sure they're hurting. <laughs> um, all right, what else? Anything going on in sports? I feel like it was a quiet week. They didn't want to play the NBA All-Star games, right, some of the players, because they were worried about COVID. They went ahead and played anyway. Yeah, but why even have an all-star game? Like, see, that's just that's I guess for TV and money. Obviously, I'm in TV, so I should maybe just be quiet. <laughs> Do on you want to retract front. that statement? I retract that statement. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> um, it's been quite. I watched the golf tournament over the weekend. It was fantastic. Um, it was great to see. It was in Orlando. It was the Bay Hill Arnold Palmer tournament, and they had five thousand fans. Which, by the way, all seemed to be on one hole every time. So it seemed like there was more than 5,000 people there. But it was great to hear the crowd cheering. Um, it was just, it felt, you know, I didn't, I mean, I realized it before this weekend. But every time now I see fans back in stadiums, I realize how much the fans mean to the game. Oh, completely. What, without a doubt. And, you know, I, I see it in soccer. I, you know, as you know, I watch a lot of uh, international soccer. The Champions League games took place this week. There was a fantastic game yesterday between Juventus and Porto uh, to get to the uh, final eight in, in Champions League. And it was an amazing game. 
and no fans. It was just so, you know, yeah. disheartening. Like the fans would have loved it. Although it was in Juventus and they lost. So, um, well, they didn't advance. I should say they actually won the game, but didn't advance on the aggregate. I'm getting way too detailed. I don't know any of these things, internet. but keep going. <laughs> keep going. I, I need I needed Dan to be behind you right now. He well, would have jumped in. Dan actually had a question for you this week. He wants to know, are oh. you into um, any sports betting online? Because Dan now is in. He betted on the, the PGA major. Who's the guy that won? Dan doesn't like him. I guess he's a douche. But anyway, Dan ended up winning. Um, the, the PGA... Was, which tournament? This what's past the golf? Weekend? Yeah, what was the golf tournament that was played? Oh, this? Bryson DeChambeau okay, won this Br- So Dan's not a fan of Bryson. Oh, he's the nicest guy. He's just different. Like, he approaches golf differently. I mean, he's he's actually well-liked from everything I've read. He He's, he's very, you know, he was a... Dan says he whines. He whines about various calls. Oh, you know, he's... I like him. He's different. He approaches the game with power... He, he he's a mathematician. He went, you know, that's that's where he got his degree in, in, in statistics, I believe, in mathemat in mathematics. He uses power and science, like so. He he's the guy who he'll just try to drive the ball as far as he possibly can, even if he's off the fairway, because if he gets past you know a certain point, he still has an advantage over others. Um, anyway, he, he, he won. It was, um, it was, it was real exciting, but, um, yeah, so I'm love the sports betting, although I live in Maryland. So they're, they've passed it in Maryland. Okay. They haven't rolled it out. Virginia's going crazy with it. Love it. So I drive to Virginia to place my bets <laughs> and go indoors to eat and go see a, you know a concert. Cause I can't <laughs> okay. do any of that where I live. Any mask or where are we doing masks still? You're doing a mask. But, but we, but you know, we've talked. Of, oh yeah, I wear a mask. Yeah. So we, we, we've talked about this though, real quick. I don't know if you remember, but speaking of sports betting, um, I don't know if you remember. This is going back now a long ways when DC announced that they passed sports betting, and they chose to go with one vendor. Um, I believe it's called Interlot, and they're they're. Portals called Gambit, G A M B E T, which is just a terrible name, by the way. I said it was a mistake because I saw what happened in New York and New Jersey. Actually, I should say New Jersey, Pennsylvania, because New York still hasn't passed it yet. Multiple vendors, competition, and Gambit, they're done. They're toast. Like, there are nothing. You got FanDuel and, and BetMGM and William Hill and yeah. Wynn. All these in Virginia are up and running, advertising, getting people excited about it. And here's Gambit, which, again, terrible name. Like, what were they thinking? Again, this is the D.C. Council. I, and go back. I said it numerous times. Huge mistake to not open it up to competition. It's under the D.C. lottery. And you know what? They're going to have to switch gears because whatever tax revenue they had tied to. It'll be a mess. It was. It, and I'd be, they're not getting it. I'd be curious it's, how many I mean, users they have or are people like you, what you're doing, going to Virginia, going that, to. The head, of, the head of the D.C. lottery who was overseeing this, she resigned last week. Now, some articles I read intimated it was tied to this, but I believe she had announced that 
several months back, and I believe it might have been personal or, or related to something else. So I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but okay. the timing wasn't great. So they're, I believe they're still looking for a new president of their, their, their gaming or sports betting. Wow. Uh, Good luck. Stuff. They say, yeah. Because, you know, it's, I'm sure it's hard to catch up, right? I mean, you know, you're going to have Maryland launch. You've got Virginia. You- yes and no, because, you know, you have to be physically in the the state and or district. So so to bet, you know, to, to sports, uh, to use FanDuel, for example, for, you know, to use them as a, an example, I have to be physically in Virginia. Or to use Gambit, I have to be physically in DC. So if DC opens it up, the FanDuel's and the and the and the BetMGM's and the and the others, DraftKings and so forth, they'll jump right on board, and then you'll be able to go to yeah. the district and bet on that FanDuel DC portal and go to Virginia. And I think it's a drop down, and you just pick what states that are legal, and you have to be physically in the state. So yeah, they could catch up because it's restricted geographically. So, but yeah, and and you know, now r- real quick, each individual venue has their own. So, like for example, DC United. Okay. okay, they're they have an exclusive with Fanduel. So when you're on the property or in the stadium, you could actually bet using Fanduel in the district. But it's like it's literally oh, geographically okay. limited to the physical structure of the building and maybe like a block or two. And once you expand past that, you get blocked from using that app and you have to use Gambit. God, it's so insane. You'd think yeah. all these states and you know the district would just want all the revenue, you know, like insane well, revenue. I said that. I mean, to me, you'd want you want more competition, more people gambling, more people betting. Tons and, of uh, ad revenue. Yeah. Same. So, uh, what else, so Patrick? How are you feeling? Good. Are you, three weeks, four weeks now? Five, what are we at? five weeks. I'm at 35 weeks tomorrow. Um, well, anytime now. Anytime. Anytime. Five weeks away. So we will see. I'll have an update on how much he weighs next week. Um, but yeah, things are, you know what? Knock on wood, things are good. It's getting a little hard to sleep, but minus that. Are you like on your side and all this oh, other yeah. stuff? You can only sleep on your side. You can't really get on your back. The minute you're like on your back, you're like out of breath. Like it's just, you know, it's it's getting a little much. I've, I've had to now get compression socks, a belly belt to hold things. Up. I mean, it's getting a little. Does Dan, does Dan sleep on the couch now? Or? <laughs> he's getting close. <laughs> no, but I think he's, he's thinking about it. It's like, it is a whole process to go to sleep. Yes. So, uh, are you all set up the bassinet? You were telling me about some bassinet you had to put together or something. We or? are getting closer. Um, you know, I don't know. Schman seems to want to like run the show on all these things. So he's got wallpapering to do in the little nursery area that's yet to be done. Uh, so I, I'm hoping under pressure, I guess, maybe as we get closer, he's going to do all these things. We're running out of time. No, don't, yeah. Tell, tell Shrim, it, there's not a specific date. It could happen at any time. I will tell him. Did your kids come early or on time or late? Well, actually both. So my uh, son came er- My daughter was the firstborn. She came late and my son came early. Oh, About okay. 10 days. My son was due on Valentine's Day. And he was born February 3rd. I believe my daughter was original date, like October 2nd-ish. And she came on the 15th. Wow. Oh, my God. 
Okay, she was she was like well, oh, like the opposite about 10 12 days either way, you know, for for each kid. Yeah. Okay, oh god, I hope he's not late. We're we're no. We're ready to evict. Let's go. You have a specific date that if you get past that you're going to, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a, I'm a geriatric mama. So I don't think they'll um let it go late anymore because yeah. um for older women, I think your placenta has issues. Anyway, so the 15 15- I thought you're a millennial. Well, I am a millennial, um, but uh, you know, I'm not according to the geriatric. Uh... <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Like, by the way, they have to get rid of that term. That's terrible. What the geriatric? Oh, geriatric mama. Yeah, yeah geriatric. Yeah. I know they say that, but like over thirty-five, you're considered like an older. They don't yeah, say no, mature. They need to come up with a better name, mature mom. Mature mo- mature mothers. Okay. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Better. You know, they, so Ger- anyway, geriatric is tough. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. I'm like, it's pretty amazing that I'm in here. These like other 25 year olds. I would not want to have a kid at 25. So I'm good with being a geriatric mom. No, you're great. 25. All right, well, listen, have good luck in case anything happens this week. Yes. Well, well, with any luck, we'll see you next week. We want him to stay in a couple more weeks. So hopefully we'll see you next week. Where can people follow you? Patrick, GM, Fox 5, DC. All right. <laughs>